back to the Cape Fear Rundown. From WHQR Public Media, I'm your host, Camille Mojica. This week, Rachel joins us to talk about her jam-packed schedule and what the new Hanover County Schools budget looks like. And then Kelly Knoyer joins us to talk about how difficult it is to put together a newsroom episode. Stick around. Here's Rachel Keith joining us now to talk about why the New Hanover County Schools is in the red when it comes to money. Welcome back to the Cape Fear Rundown. I'm here with Rachel Keith. Hi, Rachel. Hi. It's nice to have you back on the show after a couple of episodes. You haven't been here. You've had quite a busy week this week, but I'm having you on the show to talk about our school budget because there was some heavy news that came out this week. Um, We'll link to your reporting on it because you put out a big story. What's happening with the school budget? Yeah, so it was unveiled by the chief financial officer, Ashley Sutton, and the superintendent, Dr. Charles Faust, that they are having some major issues with their fund balance. So this balance is uh, what the school district would use if there were emergencies, hurricane um, damage that they would need to to fix or um, so something it- goes wrong and, and they have to account for it. They have to dig into, dip into a certain pot of money and that for all governments, it's called your fund balance and you need to have a healthy fund balance to ensure that you're in a good fiscal standing. So basically, would you consider that to be like an emergency fund? Yeah, it can be, it can okay. seem that way, but they've been using it to offset for example, teacher salaries. They did a raise in in a couple years back and the county commission gave them the money to bump up those salaries to be some of the highest in the state. But then they also said, hey, you need to spend down your fund balance as well to help support this. Okay, so they've been pulling some out of that reserve. That's correct. Okay, so how did we get here? Yes. So they actually, if you want to go and watch the agenda review meeting and mm-hmm. you want to read my article, it, they did. They walked the district, if Ashley Sutton walked us through, the community through how we got here. So starting in 2020, that is obviously we all know that date or yeah. that year for the pandemic. That's when all the money started rolling in for the federal COVID relief funds and state funds, millions and millions of dollars. And then also in 2020, they got reimbursements from FEMA from back when all that happened, all that damage happened from Florence. Okay. So their fund balance jumped up pretty high. And then, um, as we know, subsequent, subsequent years, you know, we know that the fund balance is getting spent down and it's not healthy. They're not having an excess of money okay. because the federal COVID relief funds are drying up and they had to, again, account for staff raises, ones that were mandated by the state and then that the local supplement also jumped up by the county commission saying we want to have some of the highest paid teachers in the state. Okay. So, and... Now that they've had to account for these salaries, right, then they're pulling so much out of fund balance to account for that. And they're saying, we can't do this anymore. Okay. Um, And the COVID funds are running up and the big elephant in the room is decreasing enrollment. They were waiting, is what Ashley Sutton said, for kids to show up. They're not showing up. You know, they've kind of dipped into fund balance for so many years to offset some of these costs 
Um, because the school districts, again, they are paid by butts and seats. How many kids show up? Okay. And it's stagnating or it's dropping. I mean, they've lost about 1,000 students since 2020. So all these factors come into the reality that we have today. And that Dr. Faust said on on average, they have, they're spending $4.5 million um, of this fund balance a wow. year. And they can't keep doing that. They can't keep dipping into that fund. So what did uh, Dr. Charles Faust actually say would be the solution then in the situation? He said that, where where are we going to get the money, Cammy? I mean, he said that too to the public. Um, like, I don't know what the answer is. So that means that we've got to cut because we can't go into this fund balance like we've been doing. It's just not sustainable. And at the beginning of this presentation, they had an auditor come and said the same thing. You can't keep dipping into this fund. It's not good financial acumen right and faust and sutton agreed with him they weren't you know defensive about that they all know that this is a problem they have to face so just to clarify for our listeners the school district gets funding from three areas they get funding from the federal government they get funding from the state and then they also get funding from our local county commissioners yes that's right and the state makes up a bulk of of those funds it's like 48 percent then followed by the county which is about a quarter and then the federal is about 13 percent and then they do have you know smaller uh capital outlay is another issue 3.5 percent is diverted to you know that pot is sometimes they have to pay uh, charter school students and other schools Mm. right now. So that's part of their budget. Um, And, you know, they do have small enterprise funds, like, for example, the school nutrition programs, like they, they get money through there. So something else that has also been happening consistently is that the school district is losing money from the state. Is that correct? Federal. Okay. The school is losing money federally because of disproportionately suspending black disabled students right yeah it's about 4.6 million dollars that they don't have for exceptional uh, children services for special education programs because of this finding that like you said that they've been disproportionately suspending um, black students that sometimes have ieps Mm -hmm. so since there is no you know laid out solution besides cutting back on certain expenses um, is the county commission basically going to receive kind of a scaled down budget from the school board? Yeah, they're anticipating asking for $1.6 million less wow. from the county because of student enrollments and um, because they are trying to tighten the budget, which which is interesting. Um, they're, they're, you know, Dr. Faust is saying we're living outside of our means, but with all my reporting, going to the turnaround task force, to listening to teachers, they're saying we need more people, we need more support, we need raises that have not kept up with inflation. I mean, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of counteracting forces going on here, and there's not an easy solution. And we heard uh, Ashley Sutton say nobody's going to be happy about the options. Okay, so what's next? So right now, the board is going through what their priorities are, Mm -hmm. and they're going to be having work sessions. Nothing is set in stone yet. This original uh, presentation was just an outlook, like this is what we're dealing with. So we don't know what could come up, but right now they are doing their budget work sessions. Their goal is to have a completed budget by April that they can send to the county commissioners for approval. So that's what it looks like right now. I don't know if, you know, anyone's going to 
any entity is going to come in with a larger uh, percentage of money for them. Who knows? But right now it doesn't look like that's coming. Well, Rachel, thank you for being in the studio with me this week to take a look at the budget. And not only have you done this, you've covered a lot of other things that have happened. The principal survey, then the today, the big story about the Vogel Law Firm just dropped. I'll have everything <laughs> linked in the description. Rachel, thank you for being on the show with me this week. Thank you. The Newsroom is a 50-minute long podcast, and Kelly joins us now to give us a little bit of inside baseball on just how it's made. Welcome back to the Keep Your Rundown. I'm here with Kelly Ganoyer. Hello, Camille Mojica. Kelly is currently working on The Newsroom, which is our other amazing podcast, and you're here to tell us about what that's like. It's a lot. Yeah, considering it's the week before The Newsroom comes out. (laughs) Yeah, it's a it's quite the process to put together an entire scripted 50 minute show. 50 minute show scripted. Okay, walk us through the scripting process. Okay, so first I outline. um, And I think this is what everybody who does newsrooms does is we outline what each segment is approximately going to be. And then I run through that outline with Ben verbally to see if it makes sense and if it's organized in a meaningful and interesting way. Okay. So for the newsroom that's coming up, I am doing a story about the intersection between homelessness and the justice system. And so I'm trying to go from the beginning of those interactions to the outcome of those interactions. Okay. So I decided to structure it with first interactions with the police Hmm. and then interactions within the courtroom and then uh, kind of programs that kind of mitigate any problems that arise from that. Okay. And gaps. Okay. So that's kind of how I organized it. And to me, that made sense because it's like, this is how somebody's life would go through this Mm -hmm. process. So it makes sense to take the audience through that process in the same order. Huh. Interesting way to think about it is taking the audience through that same process. Yeah. It's like, okay, so first you get arrested. (laughs) Then you're in jail. Then Mm -hmm. you see a judge and you get sentenced. And then if you get sentenced to something serious, you might get deferred to drug or empowerment court. Mm. And this is what that looks like. And this is who that's available to and who it's not available to. And here's where there are gaps in the system for people who need help. Okay. So that is the scripting process. The reporting. Does the reporting come before or after? Oh, my gosh. It definitely comes before. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think that everybody kind of operates differently. But to me, you can't write an outline until you know what you're talking about, you know? I mean, otherwise you're kind of jumping the gun and you're assuming you know what the story is before you've reported it. And I hope that it gives you some solace in the audience to know (laughs) that we don't assume what the story is before we start writing. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I've been reporting this story since October. So did you know you were gonna turn it into a newsroom or were you thinking of doing smaller pieces? I was planning on doing it as a newsroom okay. from the beginning um, because I knew this was a really complicated topic, but I figured that I might be able to find other little stories along the way, and that is the case. I recently had a story come out about a police ride-along because I followed WPD's um, homeless outreach program called the Getting Home Program. Mm-hmm. I did a ride-along with them, so I did a feature about that program, but you'll get to hear more details from the experience in the upcoming episode. Okay. Reporting gets done before the script. Now we have a script. 
Ben looks over the no, script. No, no, no. We only have an outline. Oh my god. No, I'm so sorry. We only have an outline. Where does the script come? Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> this is where I'm at in the process right now. So I wrote the outline like three weeks ago. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> and I was like, I don't have all these pieces yet. So I've got to get these other things. But I'm planning to interview this judge and this judge. I didn't get everything I wanted either. So I had hoped to have a a homeless individual to follow through the court process. Mm. That would have been great. It didn't happen for me. (laughs) (laughs) I tried a lot of different avenues to find an individual who could represent this, but I also need to take into account that I don't want to take advantage of somebody who's in such a marginalized position. So I'm not going to do this without the consent of that person. Even if they've committed a crime, it's such a minor crime. I don't want to put their name all over the internet um, based on them trespassing once and make it so that every future employer knows that they were at some point homeless. That's not what I'm going to do. So I was only willing to do it consensually. I tried going through the public defender's office. I tried going through multiple different um, homeless advocacy organizations. And I couldn't get anybody. <laughs> so you did your best. I did my best. I didn't get the the main character that I wanted. So mm-hmm. instead, I have a series of anonymous or anonymized real people um, because I went to first appearances for weeks. So I've seen a lot of these people go through this process. I met people following Wil- Wilmington Police Department. Uh, I looked up names in the court system of people who I know had gone through first appearances. Mm-hmm. So I have a lot of factual information, but I'm keeping it anonymous because... I don't want to harm people who I haven't even talked to um, or I haven't talked to in a way where they can consent properly. Okay. So anyway, didn't get everything I wanted, so I had to modify my plans. And now I'm writing. (laughs) So you're writing a script. What does that look like? What is a script? Okay. Uh, It's a, a, like, 25-page document on Google Drive. (laughs) (laughs) Right now it's about 18 pages long. Oh, so you're almost there. Um, Yeah, totally. (laughs) (laughs) The first section is primarily a two-way with Ben, meaning it's me and Ben talking to each other. Okay. Because sometimes it's easier to get information out quickly and without boring the listener by having somebody to talk to about it. Mm -hmm. So that's how we get through misconceptions. uh, And then we're going to, like, take a... I'm going to, like, guide him through my experience of the ride-along. Okay. So that's the first part of the script. The next part of the script is um, more of a narrated thing. (laughs) (laughs) Narration. Yeah. So I will talk people through the experience of going to court. This is a fun part because I got to interview three of our judges locally. They don't do interviews a lot, but I guess people don't ask them for interviews a lot. Um, I found out a lot of them listen to WHQR, so that's cool. Um, And they all had really interesting perspectives on justice and jurisprudence. So I'm really excited to delve into that. Um, I'm starting with first appearances because that's where people first experience meeting a judge at court. Um, You only get to be in the courtroom if you got out on bail. So if you are still in jail, you do it through Zoom. Um, Oh, really? Yeah. Like you see immediately uh, how justice feels different depending on whether you have money or not. Um, And obviously homeless people don't have money. So if you can't post bail on a, you know, class three misdemeanor, you're kind of screwed. You know, you stay in jail over the whole weekend instead of getting out immediately. Huh. Yeah. And the bail is set initially by a magistrate at the jail, and then they go to a judge who may change what that bail is. So sometimes the judge will go, oh, I'm going to reduce your bond to, or I'm going to unsecure your bond so you can get out now. Or 
I'm going to deal with this case right now in first appearances. You plead guilty and I'm going to sentence you to time served, etc. So I'm going to go through all those different versions and then talk about the other kinds of court that we have, which are a little bit more rehabilitative. Is that how you say that? Yes. Rehabilitative. Okay. So the narrated part is basically, is it just like a longer version or it is a longer version of our stories we put on the air, right? Yeah. Um, so usually if you listen to our longer feature stories, we either have two ways where it's a reporter being interviewed by a different reporter, usually Ben, um, or you have one where it's just a feature and it's the reporter talking you through the story. Yeah. So I'm going from the two-way strategy in the first section to just the featurey version where I'm explaining the story and pulling different quotes from different people. Okay. So reporting, outline, script writing, then mm-hmm. script editing. Mm-hmm. So Ben will go through script and look over it. Yeah. Things go back and forth. Now we're ready to record. Yes. Whew. How yeah. long are you in here usually when you, <laughs> when, when you record that VO? Um, okay. So in this case, it's going to be Ben and I doing the two-way, and then separately I will record my voiceover for the second section. I'm assuming Ben and I recording our voiceover is going to be 20 or 30 minutes. Oh, oh my well, God. Well, it's a 50-minute podcast. That you know? is true. I and forgot. And that section is fairly long. Um, it might be shorter because I have some extended quotes. Uh, so it might be like 15 minutes with Ben. And then my VO will probably take, my voiceover, that's what VO stands for, uh, for the second and third sections will probably take an additional 15 to 20 minutes. Um, That's accounting for pauses and mistakes. I'm pretty efficient at VO. Like, Cammy has seen me record because she's done two ways with me and I will stop mid-sentence after I make a mistake and immediately start that sentence again. Yeah. Um, So... I don't have like a, oh man, why'd I do that? Some of us like <laughs> yours like yours truly do have those moments. Yeah, so I'm pretty efficient at it. So usually, you know, if I do like a feature story, which is four minutes, I only am playing my voiceover for a total of two and a half of that. And it might take me four minutes to record that two and a half minutes. Okay. So for the voiceover for the newsroom, I'm going to assume that it'll take me like 20 minutes to do my voiceover for the last two sections and like 30 minutes with Ben for the first section. Okay. Now we have editing. Mm-hmm. Do you see how many steps there are to this process? <laughs> it's like making me anxious just thinking about it because I'm barely... <laughs> I'm in the writing part. The writing part's the hardest part. It's fine. Okay. Um, so editing. Like audio editing. Audio editing. So after we get the voiceover, I have to go through my script and pull all of the clips that I wrote into my script. Mm-hmm. So I go find the audio. I always include the the time signature and the name of the file next to the quote to make my life easier later. Yes. So I pull everything into audition and I'm cutting all this stuff together and it's a living nightmare. No, I actually like doing it, to be honest. Uh, audio editing, I think, is pretty cool, especially when you get in the zone and you just all the hot keys and you're just going the yeah. mouse and everything. Um, you go into a flow state. Basically. And I think the funniest thing, though, is what the sessions look like after they're done. They're so long. <laughs> they're they're long. And then, you know, we I think depending on the person's workflow, I like to separate different tracks for different. Oh, by category. By category. Mm-hmm. Um, and, there's like, and they're color coded. So it's like so many colors. I usually things. end up with four layers. Yeah. Um, so for a regular feature, I might have three um, for a spot or a shorter like newscast story, it'll be maybe two. 
Um, but so it's like four for the newsroom <laughs> because not only do you have your voiceover and the quotes from the people and sometimes natural sound. So, oh, I'm crunching through these leaves to go look through these bushes. So I got to have another layer for that. Um, you also have music because we have music breaks for <laughs> splitting different sections. And then we have to make sure that we have those uh, marked so that we know where the cuts are. There have been so many times when I go to export a section of the newsroom and I accidentally export the entire episode. Yeah. And then the people in our production team are like, why is your segment 50 minutes long? And I'm like, oh, no. I'm so sorry. I'll be right back. <laughs> So the cool thing about audio editing is that then you get to do all the fun like sound design like you were saying with the crunching leaves. Mm -hmm. And then you also get to do all of the fading and the, the fine tuning stuff. It's a pretty in-depth process. I remember I said I was going to help you on a newsroom and I didn't realize how long it would actually take. Because this podcast, 30 minutes max, and yeah. it's just conversations. The newsroom, however... <laughs> Yeah, I remember I was sweating so much, like, waiting for you to do things. And you were like, why is Kelly freaking out? And I was like, it has to be on the air at noon. <laughs> but so, you got it done. I shouldn't have been so freaked out. It's okay. I mean, when someone else is doing the work that you typically do and you're not really sure what their workflow is like, I can understand being like, where are you in the process? <laughs> yeah. Why are, you, why are you doing it like that? And you still have the sticky note of the dumb drawing I made <laughs> yes. of how to fade the music for the breaks. <laughs> yes. I mean, so all in all, the newsroom is quite a monster to do. I mean, including reporting time. How long has it taken you to do all of this? Oh, man. <laughs> I... <laughs> I mean, I started in October, so... And you knew it was going to be a newsroom. And I knew it would be a newsroom. I mean, I've had other projects in the middle. Um, but, yeah, I spent three weeks in court. More than three weeks. I spent three weeks in court. I met with public defenders who I haven't even interviewed on the record. They just helped set me up with other sources. My goodness. Um, so I spent a ton of time on this. Um, but this is also a more complicated newsroom than a lot of shows that we do. Mm. Um, sometimes Ben will just air a couple of interviews. I've had newsrooms I've done that are just, uh, you know, it takes like 10 hours to do the reporting instead About of this, hours. which was like 100 hours probably. I mean... It's a lot of At work. Least. <laughs> it's a lot of work. Um, there have been discussions of us making the newsroom a weekly show. And I hope that this overview has made it clear why we haven't done that with our staff of five people. Um, yes. Because <laughs> taking it over just for a week, especially if we do these more in-depth reported pieces, is a big lift. The last one I did that was like this, um, well, I've done a few. I did one on gentrification. Um, and then I did one that I loved that was about bike and pedestrian fatalities. Mm -hmm. That was my favorite one I've done. Um, that one was great. Yeah, I loved that one because I got to ride a bike with audio equipment on me. <laughs> you went somewhere. I, I went to Chapel Hill, yeah. See, this is crazy. It's it's a lot of work. And I think making it weekly definitely seems a little spooky scary. <laughs> we would just have to, I mean, we would have to have another staff member, frankly, um, but I also think that we would have to be very willing to let some newsroom episodes be a lot more simplified. Like, mm. here's an important person in town and here's an in-depth interview with them. And we're going to do that for three different segments. OK. And we've done that. You know, um, I've had it where, 
you know, Rachel and Ben will have a piece that they work on together. And then I have a segment that's just me interviewing the new director of Wave or whatever. Yeah. Um, so it's perfectly acceptable to do shorter things. And one of the nice things about the newsroom is that we can mess with the format like that and do multiple different styles. Um, but I love when we get to do the more NPRE, in-depth reported, long-time feature thing, you know? Yeah. I love that. So I get to do that here. That's the cool thing about working <laughs> at WHQR. I get to burden myself with a lot of work that I'm really passionate about. That sounds good and slightly less good. I'm not going to say it's bad. I am working through the weekend, so maybe that's why I'm... <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take off a couple days next week. Don't worry, people. It's fine. We like to balance it all out. Well, mm -hmm. now that we have some inside baseball into what the newsroom is like, hopefully maybe listeners can appreciate it a little bit more, um, including the work that goes behind it. Because you listen to a 50-minute polished episode, there's a lot of hours that go into making that polished episode that airs on noon. Oh, yeah. The audio editing alone is probably <laughs> five to seven hours. Well, Kelly, thank you for being in the studio with me this week, and good luck on the rest of the many hours of the newsroom. Thank you, Cammie. I'm going to go keep writing now. Okay, goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to the Cape Fear Rundown. Check out our show notes for relevant links and titles to the music we use this week. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, or just general feedback, feel free to get in touch. You can shoot me an email at cmojica, that's M-O-J-I-C-A, at whqr.org, or you can find me on Twitter at Cami Reports. I'd love to hear from you. I'm your host, Camille Mojica, and I'll see you next week.